If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is All Revved Up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As usual, I like to start with the news, and I was looking through the pages of things that I've written down over the week as, you know, that I'd like to cover, and I realized that it's like a Tesla, you know, it's like a Tesla read for the half of the stuff here, but um, not for everything. And so let's just start with the uh, news last week that's Audi's CEO, Marcus Duesman, uh, reportedly told the German newspaper that there are no new internal combustion engines in development. Uh, while Audi will still sell vehicles with ICE engines, it will only update the current engines to meet the tightening emissions regulations. And so what this means, essentially, is that Audi um, aren't uh, – starting any future brand new ICE programs, replacing core engines um, with entirely new generations of the same thing. So you won't see that again from Audi. Uh, you'll get updates and, you know, if you buy a new Audi, say, you know, 10 years from now, it'll still have, you know, uh, an up-to-date engine, but it will be one from 10 years ago that they've just kept updating. Uh, the National Highway uh, Traffic Safety Administration has opened 25 investigations into crashes of Tesla vehicles, 23 of which remain active, and at least three of the crashes occurred uh, in recent weeks. Uh, Tesla's autopilot feature has come under scrutiny by critics who say it's uh, capabilities are overstated. Uh, one of the crashes being investigated happened in Michigan involving a Tesla suspected of being in autopilot mode when it struck a parked Michigan State Police Patrol. Mm, not, 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 not a good one to hit. Uh, another Michigan crashed. Um, another a Michigan Tesla crashed uh, and involved uh, one in Detroit. Uh, the, uh, the crash wedged the car underneath a tractor trailer and left a passenger in critical condition. I saw pictures of this thing, and it's a miracle that anybody survived at all, let alone they, you know, they only mentioned the passenger being in critical condition. I guess the, you know, the driver survived that mess. Um, my friends at Amazon – you know, uh, have uh, begun testing uh, the first of a planned 1,000 Rivian electric vans on delivery routes in San Francisco. The city is one of 16 where Amazon plans to deploy electric delivery vans in 2021. Uh, the vans will be based in Richmond. The rollout began in Los Angeles. I haven't seen one. Uh, and will ramp up uh, with 10,000 of the electric vans uh, entering service as early as next year. Rivian has a lot on its hands. Let's just talk about that for a second. Uh, Rivian is uh, in the process of they're going to be introducing three new vehicles. And that is very unusual for a startup company to have three new vehicles all like launching within a month or two of each other. Uh, we first get the R1T pickup truck and then the R1S uh, SUV based on the pickup truck and the Amazon van, all, all of which are going to be, you know, introduced to the public within like three months of each other. 
uh, this year. We've and, and Lord knows we've seen you know all the various prototypes driving around, but uh, you can go on the website now and place orders for the for these things. Not for the van. The van is for commercial and it's basically mostly for Amazon. Um, automotive an automotive icon is turning fifty. Wow. And this one does not have any wrinkles. Uh, the original wedge supercar, uh, the Lamborghini Countach, uh, was shown to the public at the Geneva International Auto Show on March 11, 1971. Finished in bright yellow, the Countach prototype, prototype proved such a hit that Lamborghini rushed to get production going. And the first customer examples were rolled out to the auto uh, make out of the automaker's plant in just three years. Now, that that's rushed, I guess, for Lamborghini. Uh, it was the model that followed one of the most beautiful cars ever to be produced, the Muria. Um, so, I mean, even today, the Muria is, uh, is often cited as one of the most beautiful cars ever made. And I lust after it anytime I see one. They are very expensive to buy on the used market, particularly good examples. Uh, so the the Kuntak had big feel, big uh, shoes to feel fill. Uh, the angular wedge shape of the Kuntak uh, stood in <clears throat> stark contrast to the central curves of the Muria. Uh, that's probably a good thing because it was better to just change everything than rather than try to copy something that was you know perfect. This was an unusual story. It, it, I heard about it and I talked about it maybe a couple maybe three or four months ago, but uh, it's come to a conclusion now. A Russian man has pleaded guilty to offering a Tesla employee $1 million to get computer malware into to the electric car company's massive electric battery plant in Nevada. They call it Giga Nevada or Giga One uh, for a ransomware attack that never happened, according to court records. So Igor, Igorovich, um, Kruchkov, uh, 27, told a judge in September that he knew the Russian government was aware of this case or of his case. Uh, prosecutors in the FBI have not alleged that alleged that he has ties to the Kremlin. Uh, but, you know, in Russia, all roads leads back to Putin. Uh, under the terms of the plea agreement, um, Kruchkov uh, is expected to face no more than 10 months in prison. Uh, he has been in federal custody uh, for seven months now uh, since his arrest in August in Los Angeles. Prosecutors said he was on his way to LAX to fly out of the country when he was detained. Uh, so, you know, no doubt to a country with no extradition treatment uh, agreements uh, with the USA. Uh, the FBI said the plot was stopped before any damage happened. Uh, Tesla CEO Elon Musk has said his company was the largest was the target of what he termed a serious effort to collect company secrets. Uh, Cybersecurity experts have called the case highly unusual uh, because someone tried to actually recruit somebody to physically, you know, like plug <clears throat> plug in a USB stick or something into the system. It's usually done over the internet. So this was unusual. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about Tiger Woods' crash, um, where he got into you know a serious accident. 
Um, but the, it's still being investigated with some trouble, troubling evidence uh, because law enforcement sources told TMZ that they believe Tiger never hit the brakes as he careened off the road. And there's no evidence he ever took his foot off the gas either. Mm. Investigators have been going uh, you know, investigation has been going full steam since the accident a month ago. Uh, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department has been looking at the SUV, the crash site, and many other pieces of evidence. They are also uh, retrieving data from the SUV's black box. So far, investigators believe Tiger did nothing to prevent the crash once he lost control of the vehicle. Uh, sources with a direct knowledge say investigators have looked at various videos from the hotel where he started the ill-fated drive to various surveillance cameras along the way. Uh, TMZ was told before Tiger uh, got to the scene of the crash, he had been driving normal and not speeding, but the evidence indicates he accelerated and was speeding when he lost control. Tiger, of course, has no recollection of any of this. Um, just in time for Easter, this happens every year, uh, Jeep is giving us a, tr um, a treat for its annual Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, U Utah. Uh, the event, which was canceled last year because of the pandemic, gathers uh, four-wheeling enthusiasts uh, at the center of some of the most challenging terrain. Uh, there are always great concepts that Jeep shows there at the event, but this year we got something really special. We got the Jeep Wrangler Magneto. I think it's a great name. Uh, you know, it comes from, you know, maybe a superhero show. Uh, it's a, a Jeep Rubicon that is fully electric. Uh, Jeep engineers pulled out the engine, replacing it with a, you know, an electric motor and hooked it to a six-speed uh, manual transmission. That's very odd. Uh, electric vehicles usually run just one gearbox, so it's always an automatic. Uh, Porsche uses a two-speed uh, you know, automatic transmission in its Taycan, but usually it's always just a one-speed. Uh, Jeep says it drives like an automatic once it's, quote, in gear. And at least uh, with this manual, uh, it can't stall, of course, because you can't stall a, a motor. You can only stall an internal combustion engine. Uh, the Magneto is a bit porky. Uh, he clocks in at uh, 5,750 pounds, uh, packing a battery that's a 70-kilowatt-hour battery. Pretty good size for something this small. Um, Magneto is uh, so Jeep says that it can hit 60 miles per hour in 6.8 seconds. More importantly, it has gobs of low-end torque so it can climb any rock. Uh, Jeep wants to judge the enthusiast's reaction to electrification, seeing that it's coming whether they like it or not. Uh, UK-based uh, startup Arrival, which has signed a contract with UPS for 10,000 delivery vans, has announced plans to open a second microfactory. Um, I guess that's what that, that's what their plans are. They aren't you know opening big ones. I guess it's just really assembly facilities. Uh, this one uh, is in York County, uh, South Carolina. The new plant will produce electric delivery vans for UPS. 
Arrival has shared images of the toast. It looks like a toaster. Toaster-shaped electric van, which will be based on a skateboard platform of Arrival's own design and will have a range of about 150 miles on a full charge. The vans are aimed at the last mile delivery rather than interstate or or long distance travel. And UPS probably doesn't need a van that drives more than 150 miles in any given day. So, you know, they know exactly how you know many miles their vans drive in any given day. So they, they are able to, uh, you know, use an electric fleet. It comes back, it's charged at night, and it goes out again in the morning. It's a perfect, uh, perfect scenario for these things. Um, uh, but it's uh, good to see that uh, that that's coming. It's it's similar to the deal that uh, FedEx made with GM's new uh, EV van business uh, unit called Bright Drop. Stupid name, but that's uh, GM's EV van business now. <clears throat> we have our first look at uh, the Tesla's Tesla's version 11 uh, user interface. Uh, for the refreshed Tesla Model S and X. It has been previously disclosed that the fastest new Teslas would be the Plaid and Plaid Plus models, but it appears that the base long-range models also get a fast mode newly named insane rather than ludicrous. Uh, there will also be, of course, drag strip mode, which will, you know, like a launch control. With it. it comes with a little rocket ship emoji, of course. Um, we also know that the uh, steering wheel there has no stock, so there's no turn signal stock, and there's no stock for selecting gears. The car is supposed to select it automatically. It's very strange. I have more on this, and when I get back, um, this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24-7, 365. As the leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment. 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. 
Welcome back. This is Todd Bianco. Uh, before the break, we were talking about Tesla's version 11 software, which is their user interface that will start on the Model S when they Model S and X when they start delivering them. I believe later at the end of this month is what they've been promised. Uh, we've seen them leaving the factory, so we know they've been produced. Uh, and I don't, you know, they've been, you know, sending them out to. to uh, various states and, and service centers and I guess they're going to be distributed from there uh, so we know they're out there but uh, people have been pestering anybody who's driving you know, from Tesla who's driving these things at uh, uh, when they're at a supercharger and we've gotten some more information now first of all no they don't have there's no stocks on these cars uh, in other words there's no turn signal stock that's gone bye bye and there's no stock to shift the car into or out of gear or, you know, drive in reverse kind of thing. So Elon says that the car will do it itself. Uh, it has a mode that's called auto shift. You will be able to, uh, you know, or smart shift is what it's called. And it can be turned off. Uh, so that's in, okay. That will probably be good for some people. And it looks like what's going to happen is that there's going to be a couple of ways to, to, uh, to put it into gear if you're doing it manually. There's this uh, uh, vertical strip along the uh, left side of the of the touchscreen now, and one of the things that's there is a uh, uh, graphic representation of the car. And I think that all that you're going to do is swipe up for drive and swipe down for reverse. Well, that's part of you know that that's if you uh, swipe the. Uh, it's like, you know, open the trunk, open the trunk, put the car into neutral, drop the glove box, those kinds of things. So there is neutral there. And my guess is, is that park is a tap on the car or, or you know, tap and hold or even just it automatically puts it into park when you open the door or something. So, uh, which it does now anyway. I mean, if you forget and leave the car, uh, you know, just sitting there without uh, putting it into park and you open a door, it puts itself into park automatically. So that's one way. And then there's the second way that people are talking about. Now, I don't know if this is going to happen, but they're saying that the little scroll wheels, uh, there's one on the left and there's one on the right. Uh, the one on the left you usually use for volume and things like that. But the one on the right, they're going to say, I think what they said is that you just tap it, you know, click it in once for, you know, drive and click it again for reverse and drive and reverse. You don't need the other and maybe hold it for park. But uh, I guess it's going to be that simple. There's also, uh, uh, you know, the media you can – when you get into any Tesla, the media pops up and you can actually disable that now, uh, which I think it's annoying to some people, but it doesn't bother me. Um, and as of today, Tesla will accept Bitcoin as payment for the Model S and the Model X. Uh, the price of the car is still in U.S. dollars, and Tesla will walk you through what you need to – uh, do to translate your Bitcoin into dollars. You ha it has to be the exact amount. The transaction has to happen within 30 minutes. If it's uh, not the exact amount, the whole thing could be canceled. You know, it's 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 kind of a tricky thing, but it's not like a credit or a debit card where you know you put something in and then you can reverse it, or the Tesla just you know reverses it. It's not that way. And if you were to get rid of, I mean, if you want to say. Uh, you know, that Tesla was going to, to buy back your car or there was uh, something that, you know, you're unhappy as a customer and they were going to get a refund. Uh, 
it's up to Tesla whether they're going to give you Bitcoin back or U.S. dollars. Uh, the U.S. government's a little concerned about these transactions. They've been nervous about cryptocurrency for a while because it's hard to trace. And what I mean by that, you know, mean by that is that for money launderers, it's kind of easy for them to make, you know, dirty money turn into cryptocurrency and then be spent on anything. So there are U.S. reporting requirements for these things. Uh, the two senators in California, California Senator Dianne Feinstein and Alex Padilla, who took the place of Kamala Harris, has sent a letter to President Biden urging his administration to restore California's authority to set its clean air standards and to get rid of vice cars. We'll talk a little bit about more when I get back, but this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. Todd Bianco, talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Before the break, I, I talked that, uh, about uh, that Diane Feinstein and Alex Padilla, the two senators in California, had asked Biden to uh, restore California's authority to set its own clean uh, car standards. Uh, the, the, the original uh, exemption was revoked by the Trump administration, probably just as retribution to California more than anything else. Uh, but, you know, California has had it since the Clean Air Act came into existence. So it's, it's you know, it predates that essentially. They've also asked uh, uh, Biden to set a future date which all new cars and passenger trucks sold will be zero emission vehicles. So senators argued in the letter that the agreements uh, that were voluntarily reached between companies and California um, should set the new national baseline. Uh, the compromise deals were struck with the uh, California Air Resource Board, and it was Ford, Honda, BMW, VW, and Volvo. So the standards in those deals fall between those set by the Trump administration, which were low, and those that had already been established by the Obama administration, which were higher. Uh, so in September 2019, when Trump revoked California's Clean Air Act waiver, um, it uh, you know it pissed everybody off here. So as of yet, the waiver hasn't been restored, but the Biden administration has asked its EPA and NHTSA. Um, National Highway Transportation Safety Administration to act by uh, April, as a, which, by the way, is not that far away. Uh, as a reminder of what went down, I mean, you know, so oh, that's right, that's what happened. But now, if you remember too, just a few months ago, uh, Governor uh, Gavin Newsom uh, effectively called for the ban of new gasoline vehicles by 2035, and had directed state leaders to come up with a plan, including near-term actions that put the state on a path towards that target. 
So they want uh, Biden to do the same thing. It will be interesting to see how far this goes. Now, this is something that I wanted to bring to everybody's attention that I was not aware of, but it's been around for a while, and I've never seen it, apparently. It's called License Plate Wrap. Um, And so what it is, License Plate Wrap has been working with the California DMV since 2014. They did a presentation in Sacramento Uh, In November of 2014 and in January 22nd, uh, the license plate wrap was tested by the California Highway Patrol up in Sacramento, and it passed. Uh, The pilot program started on June 1st, 2015 with 28 fleet vehicles, and uh, the DMV has given approval uh, to sell license plate wraps to the public and have them participate in the pilot program. Okay. A license plate wrap is for your front license plate. California is one of several states that require you to have a front plate. And many of you do not have your front plate on your car because you don't want to drill holes in the area. There you're not, you know, you're not given a place to put it by the manufacturer. Um, it looks bad, you know, and on and on. But this is basically like a big it, – it looks exactly like a license plate, but it's a sticker. Uh, yeah. It, and you just put it on your car. Uh, and it can be taken off, you know, without uh, damaging the paint. So um, let me read some of their questions and answers here. So what's a license plate wrap? A license plate wrap is an alternative front license plate uh, made of reflective vinyl, and it's a scannable with a license plate reader. Now, you know, law enforcement likes that. It replicates the traditional metal plate, but just on vinyl. Uh, is, it, is it street legal? Yes, as long as you participate in the pilot program and receive a letter from the DMV of Sacramento. Will license plate wrap work for all vehicles? It will work for most vehicles. Vehicles will need a space at least six inches of height and 12 inches of width. What is the fee in order to get this license plate wrap? $70. That's not too bad considering, you know, the hundreds of dollars you pay for a digital plate. Um, can I submit my order online? Yes, you may uh, place your order online as, at licenseplatewrap.com. Can I pay with a credit card or debit card? Yes, when ordering online, a uh, credit card or debit card is accepted. For orders submitted by mail, the payment will be made by check. It can be made by check. They tell you what to do, where to send it. Uh, can I submit my order to the DMV field office? No. Or Auto Club. Neither one of those can process it. So then they give the address. It's in Huntington Beach, uh, which is, you know, just south of Los Angeles. Uh, How will I know that uh, they've received my order? You will receive a confirmation email. Uh, When will my order be processed? Uh, It's uh, your order will be processed as soon as LPW receives verification with the DMV of Sacramento that you are current on your registration. Make sure you are. Uh, I see similar products sold. Are they street legal? And it says uh, the license plate wrap has been tested by the DMV and CHP and is the only product of its kind. That is the alternative registration uh, product uh, pilot program with the DMV. 
Uh, is it go, is the license plate wrap going to look like my current register plate? Yes, it will be the same as the license plate. So if you have one of the new black and gold plates, it will look exactly like that. Or you have one of the custom, you know, like whale plates or whatever, those kinds of things. It will look exactly like what you have on your car now. Uh, is there a warranty? They have a warranty that it will not peel or lift off if installed properly. Uh, will it uh, damage the paint? Removal of it will not damage the paint if the vehicle has original factory paint or a high-quality paint job. Do I need to sign up for the pilot program in order to be eligible? Um and it, the answer really is, you know, once you sign up, you know, you send in your order, they submit everything to the DMV in Sacramento, and you will get your letter mailed directly from the DMV uh, to the address that you provide on your order. Uh, will it interfere with the sensors on a Tesla? <laughs> Back to Tesla again. Uh, the, LP, uh, the license plate wrap will not interfere with the sensors if installed exactly where the standard plates are placed. Your order will come with instructions. Uh, if the vehicle has ceramic coating or, you know, like a clear bra protection, like, you know, a, a vehicle wrap, will it stick? Yes, it will stick very well. <clears throat> what documents do I need, need as proof? You will receive a participating letter, so keep the letter in your car. Uh, what do I do with uh, when my lease ends? You will need to remove it, and they tell you how to do it. Um, so it's not hard to remove. You just use a heat gun or a hair dryer to give it some heat and it will peel off. Use WD-40 to remove any adhesive left on the bumper. So I, I think what this is, is I've never, I don't think I've ever seen one. They've been doing this apparently for several years. It's not expensive and it's a great alternative to the plate that you don't want on the front of your car. It looks hideous or scratches the paint or, you know, whatever else, um, that's a good. That's a good alternative. So I, I would uh, I would look into that. So it's licenseplatewrap.com if you want to do it, and they are apparently the only ones that that you can do it. You know, legally. I found something that uh, was in consumer. Oh no, this was in Motor Trend, and they had luxury for less five budget friendly alternatives to luxury SUVs. So let's go over that list. It says if you're considering the Alfa Romeo Stilvio. Um, it's a, you know, it's a luxury Italian, looks terrific and all that kind of stuff. You know, it has a four cylinder engine that sends, uh, 280 horsepower to the rear wheels, or you can get it with all wheel drive. And, you know, so they say, what do you want instead? And then says, why not try the Mazda CX-5? Whereas the Stilvio starts at just under 42 and quickly escalates to 50,000 once you've added the requisite features and options, the similarly, similarly, similarly sized Mazda CX-5 signature offers a full load of high-end gear for 38,000. That's it. You, that, that's with everything on it. Uh, the price difference may not sound like much, but the Mazda wows with a lovely interior that is, you know, a couple of rungs above anything that uh, is in the budget class and is not too far off from the Alpha. Under the hood, there's a 250 turbocharged four. Uh, that's good for 310 uh, pound-feet of torque. So it has, uh, you know, it's pretty close to what the uh, Stilvio is offering. And it's uh, got all-wheel drive, uh, just like the Stilvio. Uh, so, you know, it's and it's not as fast as the Stilvio, but as close, close that you may not notice because most people aren't racing their SUVs. 
<clears throat> How about if you're considering the Acura ND, MDX? Um, you know, it's a sharp, uh, sharp angled and you know, squinty looking uh, grill and and uh, and headlights and all that kind of stuff. And it has a 290 horsepower V6. It's available torque vectoring, super handling, all wheel drive system inside the MDX provides a strong first and second row experience with a third row available for smaller riders. Uh, along with the Acura's latest uh, active safety equipment, uh, infotainment, and all that kind of stuff, so they say, why not try? And and it's and it's not cheap either. Uh, it's it's easily, it, you know, it starts at you know forty seven uh, nine twenty five. So if you're looking for a stylish uh, alternative, why not try the Mazda CX nine? Now they've got two Mazdas in a row, but these are both really sharp looking Mazdas. I gotta say, uh, but why not try the CX-9? Uh, it's stylish. It starts at ten thousand less than the, the MDX. Uh, it not only meets the Acura head-on when it comes to design, but it also manages to be just as, if not more, entertaining to drive, even without Acura's fancy, you know, super handling all-wheel drive system. So front drive biased uh, three-row family haulers showing a pulse on a twisty tarmac is a fair a rare is a rarity these days. So, and that's what they think is good about the Mazda. Uh, that we're, you know, picking the nits uh, between which of these two we'd prefer to flog on a back back road shows that each one satisfies. So the Mazda is cheaper and even <clears throat> even the upper CX-9 uh, models still check in well under the MDX's uh, asking price uh, while uh, providing exceptional upholstery, uh, air interior trim, along with a torquey turbocharged four-cylinder engine. So, and that you know has almost as much horsepower as the V6 that's in the Acura. Okay, um, how about if you're considering the Lincoln Aviator? Uh, the Aviator is the Lincoln version of the uh, Ford Explorer, and it really is a beautiful car inside and out. Uh, it gets the same uh, high output uh, twin turbo V6 found in the Ford Explorer, Explorer ST and platinum trim models, but it uh, wraps it up in a package that's not only more arresting to the eye, but also a significant step up when it comes to luxury. Uh, gone are the days of reskin Ford Motor Company models, galvana, you know, gallivanting as Lincolns. So, what's a good alternative? It's a nice car. It's a great car. Uh, an alternative might be a Hyundai Palisade. Now, the Hyundai Palisade uh, is a great-looking SUV, three rows, and it has lots of the same features. We'll talk more about the Hyundai Palisade and other uh, alternatives to uh, luxury SUVs when we get back. This is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio.
Don Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about budget alternatives to some luxury SUVs. And I uh, talked about the Lincoln Aviator and how it's really a very lovely uh, car uh, or SUV. But uh, why not try the Hyundai Palisade? Uh, as good as the Aviator is, it's shocking just how close the Palisade gets to delivering Lincoln's high-end charms. Why not choose the Aviator Ford's badged sibling then? Uh, because the three-row Hyundai delivers way more luxury than the Explorer. So don't bother with the Explorer. Even if its 291-horsepower V6 can't match the Lincoln's 400-power twin-turbo mill. Uh, take the cabin details on the 2021 range-topping Palisades calligraphy model. Great. They come up with these names. Somebody pays to, to, do that, to have that. Uh, they're more than a match for the Aviator's vaguely uh, mid-century flourishes, but the Hyundai costs 47385 about 5000 left less than the entry-level Lincoln. Uh, that pricing chasm continues to grow as one progressively adds comforts and features to the Aviator. So think about that, guys. Uh, and lots of people are like uh, you know they're also the Kia Telluride people love that too. So uh, so those are both alternatives. Uh, how about the Audi A5? Uh, I mean the A- Audi Q5 plug-in hybrid. Um, there's that you know I have seen those out there. I, mean, I don't I haven't seen any you know, commercials, but they are out there. Uh, so Audi's plug-in version of its very popular uh, Q5 uh, is, uh, you know, pairs the uh, four-cylinder engine with a uh, battery-assisted turbo, you know, uh, motor. Uh, the drivetrain total delivers 362 horsepower and as well as uh, 19 miles of electric-only range. Uh, and it, with, you know, its own 14 uh Point one kilowatt hour battery pack. Uh, it's fifty three thousand is where it starts. Um, it's not exactly cheap, and it goes up from there. If you've ever looked at Audi's uh, option list, so they say, why not try the Toyota Rav Four Prime? You know, surprisingly, Toyota's compact midsize, I mean, uh, plug-in crossover, the RAV4 Prime, is nearly as quick as the Audi, reaching sixty miles per hour in just four se- point just 0.4 seconds later, so very close. Uh, it has a 300 horse, 302 horsepower, uh, which when you do when you pair the gas engine with the electric uh, motors, uh, sure Toyota's cabin might not stretch to the levels of an Audi, but it has 42 miles of battery range uh, and gives its major, um, you know, the you know the Audi can only come up with how much? 19. Wow. So it has a larger battery pack. It has an 18.1 kilowatt hour battery pack. Uh, but, you know, hey, in the world of plugins, uh, driving further on electrons counts as more uh, luxury, as more luxurious. Um, so, yeah, and there's at least a 10,000 price uh, difference between the two. So consider that. Uh, how about if you're considering the Cadillac XT6? Uh, the XT6 is a three-row SUV that... Uh, trades the fl- uh, the flagship Escalade's hulking uh, presence for a more toned-down appearance. Uh, it's probably a Chevy Traverse all dressed up. Uh, 
it has it starts at fifty thousand dollars and offers the choice between four cylinder and a V6 power, uh, three ten if you get the V6, and it you know has all you know respective amount of safety gear. Uh, it uh, is among the most uh, uh, understated competitors to things like the Audi, I mean, like the uh, Acura MDX and the uh, Q, uh, the Infiniti QX60 and the Lexus RX. But uh, it doesn't really impress everyone per se. And they say, why not try the Kia Telluride? Now, I said Kia Telluride over the, you know, back when we were talking about the Hyundai Palisade. But, you know, it says it's a people love the look of the Telluride. They, they, they are, you know, they are hard to keep in stock. Um, the top spec Telluride dials up the splendor, oh God, in its already upscale cabin to at least match the Cadillac's effect. Uh, I mean, the Cadillac's effort and stands out with bolder exterior styling and for nearly 10,000 less, and you know, that you'll pay for the cheapest XT6. Uh, and the base engine and the only engine in the, in the Telluride is the 291 horsepower V6 engine. So you it's a four-cylinder standard uh, on the... Uh, on the Cadillac, and you have to pay extra if you want the V6. Um, you know, it, it says the, the the Telluride rides more firmly than the XT6, uh, but otherwise it has a lot more appeal. So we named it our 2020 SUV of the year. Okay, so that, that, that's it for that list. But, you know, there are a lot of really good budget or, you know, mainstream, mainstream brand cars out there that are as good – as some of their, you know, uh, very expensive luxury siblings like a Kia um, Stinger is a rear-wheel drive fun car, to, you know, that people, you know, can spend ten thousand less than a BMW, and you have more luxury and more uh, safety features for less money. So <clears throat> when we, uh, I, well, coming up, we have uh, bring a trailer with John McMullen. Of course, that's a always a highlight to have him on. And we've got some interesting picks for you this week, as well as going over our auction uh, auctions uh, prices from last week. And um, there's something that I also wanted to talk about is that I keep getting these emails about all all these companies that are car companies that are stopping production or slowing production because they can't get enough semiconductor chips and or you know microchips. And this is a problem across the industry. Everybody is having this problem. I mean, you know, anywhere from BMW to Tesla to GM, all of them are having to, you know, scramble to get the microchips that they need for their cars. Um, you know, this this is a real problem with the supply chain. I talked about it and, you know, Biden's talked about it uh, as being a, you know, national security issue that these things come from out of the country and aren't made by U.S. manufacturers. And, you know, this chip shortage has really affected production everywhere, which means that the inventory will be less and you may not be able to get the, the car you want. Ford has even produced a ton of uh, F-150s and left the chip out. They're just sitting there waiting for the the chips to come in so that they can, you know, finish the trucks. But, you know, otherwise the trucks have been built and this is happening, you know, at other manufacturers too. So it's not just Ford, but Ford was the one that I read about. And you know, these F-150s all standing there. Plus, you know, they have to have their UAW contracts that keep things moving as well. So hopefully the microchips come in. Bring a trailers next with John McCall. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio.